PowerPoint up there. We're in Mark chapter 4 and uh, I want to ask you firstly a question. Have you ever had a serious reality check? You know, have you ever come back to reality with a massive thud, something you thought was true, uh, actually turned out to be completely different and not true at all? You know what a reality check is, right? It's just like a bang. You're like, whoa. Uh, When I was in school, I thought I was a very, very fast swimmer. And, uh, you know, I'm tall and lanky, I've got big arms and legs and you're kind of swimming through the, the pool. And uh, the swimming carnival was coming up in high school and so I was talking it up with all my mates. See, we'd come from primary school where it's easy to dominate to high school where it's, you know, it's harder to dominate. And I was talking it up, saying, I'm going to thrash you guys, you know, I'm going to get you and talk the big game. And then the, the carnival came and... Uh, Turns out I'm not as fast a swimmer as I think I am. I came third in Division 2 and all, the, all my mates were uh, bagging me out and uh, I realised, reality check, what I thought was true was actually not true at all. I used to be in a rock and roll band and uh, we used to rock out in a rehearsal studio and uh, we, we thought we were awesome. We thought we were so good. And you know what? It sounded fantastic to my ears. But then one day the rehearsal studio man came in and said, man, are you guys going to start playing your songs soon? Because he thought we were still kind of tuning And reality hit. This morning we're going to get a huge reality check, a gospel ministry reality check. That's what the parable of the sower does for us. What what, uh, the disciples think is true is actually not. And for us too, it's a helpful reality check in Mark chapter 4. You see, things are cranking, aren't they, in Mark? Jesus has brought in quite a, uh, a wave and uh, he's brought in the kingdom and he's shown his authority over people. So he said, follow me to people and they have. He's shown his authority over sickness. So he said to, uh, you know, he's healed people with just a word. He's uh, shown his authority over to forgive sins. So he's shown that he is God and he has authority to do that. And he's shown his authority over evil. So he said to evil spirits and people, get out and they do. And what's happened? The crowds are flocking to him. It's like Jesus has gone on the X Factor and uh, he's blown people away and everyone's tweeting. Does anyone know what tweeting is? It means that he's popular. He can't go anywhere without this massive crowd. And at the beginning of Mark chapter 4, we're told that there's a very big crowd with Jesus. So big that he has to get in a boat on water and the crowd's on the bank. So it's a huge crowd. And the disciples are thinking, yes, this is cranking. We're about to go triple platinum here. Jesus is teaching them and things are cranking. But now, bang, here comes a gospel reality check. Why is this parable here? Why does Mark put this parable in this point? Because it's a huge reality check and it tells us the nature of gospel ministry. The first thing we see is that gospel ministry is going to be hard and look like a waste of time. Gospel ministry is hard 
and it's going to look like it's going to be a waste of time. So Jesus tells this story, right? And it's about a sower who's sowing seed and seed falls on the path, seed falls on the rocky ground, seed falls on the thorns and seed falls on the good soil. And there's different things happen when this seed falls, right? You've probably heard this story a lot if you've been a Christian for a while. If you haven't, then it's a cool story to think through a few things about life. But he tells the story to the big crowd and then... He explains it to his disciples and those close to him. Did you notice that? He tells the story to the crowd, but then the inner sanctum is told what the story actually means. And the first and most important thing we see here, have a look from verse 14 in Mark chapter 4. This is Jesus explaining the parable to his disciples and those following him. The sower sows the seed, the word That's the gospel word about Jesus. The seed is the gospel, right? The sower is sowing out the gospel. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes the word that is sown in them. These are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who hear the word immediately receive it with joy. And when they they have no root in themselves but endure for a while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, Immediately they fall away. The others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. See what's going on here. What happens with all these three types of of ground? The word is sown and they hear it, but nothing happens. You see that? Each type, the, the person, because these are people groups, right? Three different people groups. They hear, three times we're told, they hear the word, they hear the word. But there's, there's two types of hearing in this parable. The first three grounds is one type of hearing. And this type of hearing is, it's important, funny word called aorist tense. It just means that when uh, we're told that they hear, it's a one-off hearing. It's kind of in one ear, out the other doesn't produce anything. It's like, um, you know, one of my kids and I say to them, go do your homework and they go, yeah, yeah, whatever. They're not hearing it. They hear it but they're not hearing it. That's this type of hearing. It's in one ear and out the other. It doesn't produce anything. So that's the first thing to notice. This is hearing that doesn't produce anything in the three first types of, of ground. The other thing to notice is how much waste there is. Did you see how much waste there is there's waste all over the sower is sowing seed on path nothing happens rocks nothing happens uh, thorns it, nothing, there's no fruit in any of those things there's heaps of waste it's a wasteful thing the hard work is done the sowing has been done there's been a lot of work sowing seed is hard work but there's heaps of waste and so do you see what Jesus is saying here? It's at the height of his stardom, the height of where the crowds are flocking to him and he's saying, gospel ministry is going to be hard and it's going to look like a waste. So you go out and you sow, you're a Christian and uh, you're a sower of the gospel, right? God does the sowing but he uses his people to, 
to send his word out, the word about Jesus. And rightly so, Jesus impacted your heart, so you want to tell other people about it. You want to tell people the, the answer to life and death. So we go out and we sow and it hits the path and nothing happens. It doesn't even register. And it hits the rocky ground. Someone gets excited for a little while and then they kind of, no, not interested. And then it hits the thorns. Oh, they look like they want to be Christian. Yeah, awesome, you're going to follow Jesus. And then, no, back to worldliness. Nothing happens. See, gospel ministry, telling people about Jesus, looks like a waste and it's hard. So you've invited, you've invited Frank to church. You've been working for so long. You've been on your knees praying for Frank and you really want him to hear about Jesus You've been kind of answering his questions, but you're not really confident in that. And, you know, at church we've been preaching through Mark's gospel and Dwayne stands up and he gives this cracker of a sermon about Jesus. And you go, yes, at last, Frank's heard about Jesus. This is awesome. And you get Frank back to, to your house and you say, Frank, what did you think of the sermon? And he goes, oh, yeah, it was all right. But did you hear? I got AFL grand final tickets this week just in one ear and out the other and that's hard looks like a waste so what does that mean for us well firstly it means don't be discouraged because this is normal don't be discouraged can you read that it's a bit small isn't it just take it for trust me it says don't be discouraged because this is normal you're working hard You're praying hard. You're doing everything right. But there's no fruit. All you're getting is stone cold, hard hearts. That's discouraging. That's normal. That's why this parable's here. That's normal. Telling people about Jesus, you throw it out to all sorts of people and people respond in all sorts of different ways. So don't get discouraged. That's the way it works. It's hard and it is, looks like it's going to be a waste. Don't be discouraged. I don't know if we're going to see this one either. But second thing is, don't try other strategies. What's the temptation when we've been working hard and it's just been hitting hard hearts over and over again? You're getting rock hard hearts. What's the temptation? We'll try something else. What about if we put a huge rock band on? And surely they'll come and hear about Jesus then. What if the vibe's a bit better? What about if we promise that life's going to be perfect or if you're going to make lots of money if you become a Christian or all your problems are going to be solved? What about if we just counsel people and try to work through their problems? Surely that will change their hard hearts. No, there's, there's a place for those things. The temptation, though, is to go to those things instead of Jesus and his word to do the work. Our most important thing is to sow the word. Spread the truth of Jesus. Yes, gospel ministry is going to be hard. It's going to look like a waste. Yes, we will be tempted to get discouraged and we will be tempted to try other things. But... The parable isn't finished yet, is it? Secondly, gospel ministry will produce a massive return. 
The sower sows, sows out the seed and yes, it falls on the path and yes, it falls on the rock and yes, it falls in the thorns but then it falls in the good soil. And what happens? It produces a huge harvest. Have a look there at verse 8. Other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up, increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Now flip to verse 20. But those who were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. The good soil produces a huge harvest. 30, 60, 100, that kind of just means more and more and more. Now remember, we've already seen this, the first type of hearing is kind of in one ear and out the other. It's that tense that says they're not hearing. They're hearing but they're not hearing. But now the tense changes. The ones who hear in the good soil is is in a present tense, which actually just means continuing to hear. They hear it and it goes in and it continues to bear fruit. It's a continual hearing about Jesus and going, yes, the good soil. They hear the gospel. They hear the truth about Jesus. It takes deep root in their hearts and it produces lasting fruit in a person's life. Gospel ministry will produce a massive return. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it looks like a waste. But it produces a crop of people. It's people we're talking about here, right? People who hear the truth about Jesus and accept it and continue in it. They hear that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. They hear that he died on the cross for their sins. They hear that he is Lord of all. And they take it on board because the gospel works. It grows people. The message of Jesus changes people. It saves people. It makes people new. It brings forgiveness. It brings reconciliation. It brings right with God. No less than the Son of God hanging on a cross for the sins of us. That is a very powerful message, isn't it? And that will produce fruit that will last. So what does it mean for us? Gospel ministry will produce a massive return. So it's worth the hard work. If you've got your glasses on, you can see that. It's worth it. Gospel ministry is worth the sweat. It's worth the prayers. It's worth the pain. It's worth the suffering. It's worth getting to church early to set up. It's worth getting on your knees every day till you've got calluses. It's worth giving all your money to it instead of spending it on ourselves. It's worth sending people out to North Coast Church and feeling the pain of loss. It's worth it because it produces a harvest of people who accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Firstly, it's worth the hard work. Secondly, don't lose heart. 
Because Jesus will produce a harvest. Not maybe, not if, will produce a harvest. So when you're sacrificing, when you're praying, when you're struggling and you're throwing out the seed and it's banging onto hard hearts and just falling off like water off a duck's back and you're going, what? This is so hard. It looks like a waste of time. Know this. It will produce a harvest of people. It's worth the hard work. Don't lose heart. And then finally, keep sowing the word. Aren't you glad you brought your glasses to church today? Keep going. Keep persevering. Keep sowing. Because it's right, isn't it? God is the sower. But he uses us. He uses his people to spread his word. So keep sowing the gospel word into people's hearts. Some of it might even be good soil. That's up to God. Keep praying for sowers. Keep supporting sowers who go out. Keep being a sower yourself. Keep going. Gospel ministry is going to be hard and look like a waste of time. Gospel ministry will produce a massive return and finally, gospel ministry will expose your heart. So now that we've seen the main thing Jesus is teaching in this parable, that it's a a gospel ministry reality check, now, only now can we have a look and see where we are in it. Where's your heart? See, Jesus tells this parable... And then he explains what parables actually do, the purpose of parables, doesn't he? Parables are not just a window to see through and go, yes, they're actually a barrier that blocks people to the truth. You see, Jesus is telling his parable, he explains that there's insiders and there's outsiders and parables actually do two things. For those outside, the parable is actually a judgment upon them. And for those inside, it's understanding of the mystery of the kingdom of God. That's why he quotes Isaiah 6 here. Have a look there at verse 11. This is probably the key to the whole thing, cracking open the whole thing here in terms of where, what the parable does. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, remember, and those following him. It's not the crowds anymore, it's the, the inner sanctum. And he says, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but... For those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. See, there's two groups, aren't there? And the parable uh, exposes you for who you actually are. You're in or you're out. Insiders have been given the secret of the kingdom of God. That is Jesus himself. And they go, yes. Those outside who reject Jesus. This is just confirmation of that rejection. Isaiah 6, God sends Isaiah to to his people in judgment upon them. And they wouldn't respond to him. And so the word of God comes to them in a judgment confirming their hardness of heart. When you think about uh, Pharaoh, when God sent Moses to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go out of uh, slavery in Egypt. Do you remember that? And it, we're told that two things happen in Pharaoh's heart. One, he, he hardens his own heart. 
And two, God hardens his heart. So both at the same time, and that's what's going on here. It's the same thing. The farmer, he sows seed outright that will never produce a crop. Do you think crop will ever grow on a path? It will never grow on a path. See, the parable confirms where you are actually at. It confirms where your heart is. Insiders who accept Jesus understand more and go, oh yeah. People who don't, are not following Jesus, it confirms disbelief. So here's the obvious question, right? Where's your heart? Which one are you? Which one of these soils are you? Is this a word judging you? Or is this a word that gives you understanding? My kids, they love um, reading stories. And we read stories all the time. You know, they'd read stories all their life if they could. And often we'd be reading a story and we, I sit down and they all snuggle up to Daddy and we have story time and they see themselves in the story. They go, Daddy, I'm the digger man. Or I'm the princess with the beautiful dress. And that's what this parable is doing too. You see yourself in it. Which one of you exposes your heart before Jesus? So which one are you, your path? Are you rocky ground? Are you thorns? Or are you good soil? Let's finish up there with those. Path is people who hear the gospel but allow it to be taken away from them. Is that you? You're kind of hearing this stuff about Jesus but it's like washing off you. You're like, yeah, whatever, I don't really care. Water off a duck's back. You're hearing this parable right now and you're thinking, what? This stuff, nuts. The reason is that you've got a hard heart to Jesus. And the only way that that hard heart will be cracked is by Jesus himself. So if that's you, keep coming to Jesus until your heart cracks. Because there is judgment, but there is also mercy. What about the rocky ground? Some people hear the gospel, have no root, and fall away when it gets difficult. Have you heard about Jesus and initially you went, yeah, that sounds great, but then it just got too hard. Actually, being a Christian is quite difficult. And you've gone, nuts. That's, that's not me and you've fallen off of it. Well, if that's you again, the only way that that hard heart of yours will be cracked open is by Jesus himself. So come back to him in the Bible. What about thorns? Thorns, some people hear the gospel but allow money and worldly desires to choke it. Have you heard about Jesus and you've kind of followed him but then money's come in or, you know, stuff. You like going to Stuff Mart and kind of enjoying Stuff Mart with all its stuff everywhere instead of Jesus. Your heart cannot be divided. You either love Stuff Mart or you love Jesus. The thorns of the world have just kind of cracked in and you've kind of dropped off the ball. If that's you, the only thing you could do as well is come back to Jesus. He's the only one who cracks hearts open. What about good soil? Maybe you're good soil. Some people hear the gospel, accept it and bear fruit. Remember, this is a different type of hearing. The first three are all superficial hearing. It's kind of washing off you. But this hearing is going deep in and changing life. It continues to change life as you hear it. 
If that's you, then that, you're good soil. Here's the test. What's happened when you've heard this parable this morning? What's happened in your heart? Nothing? Or has something actually happened? There's the test. If something's happening, you're going, yeah, I guess we got this. Or you're going, yeah, preach it, man. That's awesome. Good soil. Accepting the gospel. Bearing fruit. Has many people become Christian as a result of you? That's bearing fruit. Have you encouraged anyone in the truth? That's bearing fruit. Have you grown in your knowledge and understanding of Jesus? That's bearing fruit. If you're hearing this and it's just like, no, whatever, whatever. It's falling on the path. It's falling on the rocks. It's falling on the thorns. Hearing about Jesus changes you. That's good soil. So which one are you? Path, rocky ground, thorns or good soil? Because gospel ministry is hard. It's going to look like a waste. But gospel ministry produces a massive return. And gospel ministry exposes your heart. Let me pray. Loving, gracious Father, we thank you that your gospel is powerful and effective, that the, the truth about Jesus works because it is true. And so we pray this morning that you would have given us a reality check to say, yes, it is hard work telling people about Jesus. It does look like a waste, but it does and it will produce a massive return. And we thank you for your glory and our good in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, uh, Matt. Thank you for that. Folks, we're going to stand and we're going to sing in response.